Hey listeners, our very good friends at Triple R are calling for your support from our Box Cutters listeners. Please touch them nicely. Call and subscribe to Triple R's radio phone. Answer the call. You can call 93881027 if you're in Melbourne. Chuck on an 03, chuck on a plus 61 anywhere else in the world. Available at the Triple R sites. Get your subscription in by Wednesday the 26th of September. Subscribe. Subscribe now. Answer the call. Previously on Box Cutters. Souls ready. Comments. Who's that? Betty. Betty. <coughs> hey, Dad. Yeah. Uh, Martin Kelly. Agitate. Warm up. Yep, I'm good now. We're I'm good on. to go. <laughs> that was that was good for a bit. Then uh... a little wobble board. Welcome to Box Cutters, episode 316, Everything's Better with a Wobble Board. Eee. My name is Josh Canal. to my left, Dave Lawson. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, What a nice nice surprise to be in here again. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> We've got a spreadsheet. It's got your name on it. That's That's right. you should. It's a roster. Okay. <laughs> to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Is it a surprise to you, Brett? It's a surprise to me that... that uh, is even more hairy than he was on TV last night. Pretty much every day is a surprise to you, isn't it, Brett? You saw it. Did you see yeah, it? Yeah, I, I know he saw it. He saw it. He tweeted it like five times. Yeah, I Dave, appreciate that. And, and so, is, is who you, so Dave Lawson, for those who, who aren't aware, he has a role in How's That? The Kerry Packer Story of yep. Cricket. Yep. That's the official title. Yep. Uh, uh, which is a Channel 9, Channel 9 production. Uh, and, uh, and, Brett tweeted a photo of uh, Dave taken from the telly. Uh, Screen grab. And it looked... It was actually a photo. Oh. Looked yeah. to me like you were playing Dennis Lilly, but you're not. Yeah. No. No. But you looked like Dennis Lilly. Well, a lot of people look like Dennis Lilly in the mid-70s, probably. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I was play- I'm was i playing a uh, journalist. You oh. were the... Age journo? Uh, no. The, the, uh, I was the... the- uh, no, son. Adam Adam Zwar plays the age journalist. It's, no, it wasn't the son. It was, I think, like the Adelaide advertiser, oh. um, Alan Chill, who was a test, uh, a Sheffield Chill player who turned to journalism. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, and they broke this story when they were on over playing the Ashes. You make it sound like he turned to drugs. <laughs> he turned to, you know, he turned to, you know, I was hoping they'd call it Alan Chill's war. On cricket, mm-hmm. but apparently it's about Kerry Packer. Nah. So, do, do, you, do you have a big role? Do you, is this a big role? In, uh, it's, in is your role as big as that tie you had on, which was around well, about that wide for the video what, podcast? Look, nipple to nipple. I can't. I, I counted the words. Mm-hmm. There's more than fifty words. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's good. More than fifty is good. Yeah, that's so. It's more words. It's more words than I've had. Yeah. So there was I, there's words. Um. So you, yeah, said, yeah. you said them. 
Yeah. yeah. See, Adam Zwar, being a, a, a journalist, I, I think he's getting typecast now. If you want to see more of Adam Zwar, I've uploaded one of my um, Shed shows in the last <sighs> week with Adam Zwar as my celebrity guest in it, and he will talk about his journalism career in that. Fantastic. So you you guys will put the link up for sure. And we might even mm. put the whole whole episode up on uh, on this this episode of uh, Box Cutters. So link, it all, gotta, link it all in together. It's an amazing chat show. You just, you, you, I, I reckon you're better than, than uh, the Enough Rope uh, interviews. If you go to uh, boxcutters.net slash episode 316, you will see uh, the latest episode of Dave's Shed Show. I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. So that's, that's exciting. And yes, um, that was my first being in house. That was, you know, I was in Blue Healers once. So this was, you know. This is a so, so this is your first real proper acting. Yeah, when your name's on the on the comes up on the screen, you know, oh, yeah. with Nicholas Bell. Yeah, I didn't. I, th- I thought I thought you would have uh, you you'd have done it before. We should have you on as a guest. You could talk about that now. No, now I've got to do tell people what's coming up later on in the show. Later on in this uh, episode of Box Cutters, uh, we're having Paul Verhoeven uh, come in. Uh, you might know him as a, a video great film. You, you are, but a different, different, different total, guy. Total Recall. Different. Different guy. How does he feel about the new Total Recall coming out? Do you think we should ask him about that one? I I think we probably shouldn't mention it. I think this whole thing is a sore point with him. I think he's he's very angry at an older man having gone back in time and stolen his identity. That's my and, understanding and, of it. A and Dutch, done a Dutch, something better with it. And then and then well, I, I wouldn't say better. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven's coming in to talk Different. about uh, earlier, hosting earlier. A, a kids just earlier. Earlier. Yeah. I mean, what have you done for me lately? Dutch Paul Verhoeven. So he's gone. For, he's gone from making films to hosting a kids show hosting on a kids TV ABC show. ABC Three. The so it's not. It's not the same guy. Is they just have the same name, right? Do you, have Spelt, you have you got that spelled strangely exactly the same? And you're sure it's not the same guy? I can't be a hundred percent sure. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to be coming in later on. Uh, I'm sure we can ask him or not. Uh, let's let's well, see how not. that goes. Brett, you've got, a, you've, 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 you've got an I don't buy it. Yes. Uh, we've uh, got some, some letters slash comments to box cutters. Some one thing. Uh, some one thing. Some one thing. It's like a verb. Whatever. Can we do more than one? Excellent. No. <sighs> Just okay. one thing. Okay. Some pork. As always, they were going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Palillo, the character Arnold Horshack from Welcome Back Cutter. Uh, he's uh, died in Florida, age 63, mm. just recently, um, of an apparent heart attack. 63. So this is the second, uh, the second of the uh, sweat hogs to die this year, I think. I think Epstein died uh, earlier this year. Yeah. So, uh, John Travolta, watch out. <sighs> oh, don't. Oh, don't did I just even. do that? I can't believe, I cannot believe you did that. That's really, that's really upsetting. The thing, thing about Ron Palillo is he's a really good actor, but he, he was typecast. Uh, and then years later had, uh, had plastic surgery on his nose because he thought that if he changed his nose from the Horshack nose to uh, a, a different nose, he might be able to get more roles. Uh, but uh, no. as often happens with uh, plastic surgery noses, I think his nose kind of grew back. What, like, what, like a lizard? Like a lizard. So he ended up with two noses. 
No. See, here's Taz and Friends. So, mm. it's, so that's some sad news. Um, also, that I'm making uh, light of because I'm yeah. tasteless. In other news, not relating to, to death, uh, but relating to curious decisions, the ABC uh, announced uh, this week that Crownies is going to have a spin-off series. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a political thriller uh, called uh, Janet King, uh, an eight-hour legal political thriller. This confuses me somewhat because if you speak to people from the ABC and if you do any research on people from the ABC speaking publicly about Crownies, they talk about it being a failure. Crownies was was mostly about the baby lawyers around the... the yeah, yeah, young, young lawyers, Crown prosecutors in, uh, in, in Sydney. Uh, had like 26 episodes. They had lots of sex. Uh, it wasn't enjoyed by many people. Uh, right? It did not. Uh, like, like the first, the, the first episode I read, and the thing is, they the, they the really sold, they really they sold the hell out of it. They sold the hell they out did. of Crownies. They they yeah. really put a lot of money behind it, put me and off. it did it did nothing because it just it just wasn't very good. What uh, people at the ABC will say is that they think it's because nobody wants to see young people on the ABC. That's that's kind of how they justify that. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So now uh, they're. Uh, in response to that, they put Rambling on. Yeah. Uh, so now they're uh, they're spinning off that show into uh, into a different. It's going to focus on one case, though. Is this correct? Rather than separate cases, which it was. This is. I'm not sure if I dreamt that or I heard that. Uh, no, no. I think uh, I think you're right. I think it uh, it, it focuses on uh, on on one particular thing over eight hours. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I just why why are they doing it? This is actually a really, really important story. Beat up. Uh, Liz- what, what do you mean, beat up? Beat up. Sorry, go on. <laughs> so, Lucy Battersby, uh, friend, friend of Box Cutters mm. and, uh, and, uh, and uh, reporter for, for Sydney Morning Herald mm-hmm. and The Age, uh, broke this story uh, on Monday. Uh, started started on on Friday. Uh, the uh, the Australian Ballet announced a deal where they, they were looking into multicasting using the NBN. AB multicasting to their theatrical audience and outside and of and outs- and outside um, of it multicasting. So is is so broadcasting is just spitting out a signal into the world. Right, gotcha. And then, and then, someone can choose to pick it up or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, multicasting is uh, much more, uh, much more specific. Uh, sending uh, through particular channels uh, in uh, in in slightly different media. So, uh, so through the NBN, which is the uh, National Broadband mm-hmm. Network, which uh, the government uh, and NBN Co. Are rolling out at the moment. Fiber optics. Uh, it is. It is fiber optics. Uh, fiber to the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, super, super, super fast broadband that would put us on par with uh, with, with the rest of the world, uh, or above uh, much of the rest of the world. Uh, take that, uh, Western Europe. The uh, so NBN Co, which will own the infrastructure, I believe, to to uh, the NBN. Uh, is organising all of these video channels for multicasting, and one of them uh, is going to be with the uh, with the Australian Ballet. So this is IPTV. Uh, no, well, it's it, it's it's kind of its own thing. Uh, it's it's kind of IPTV, but it doesn't necessarily come through the TV. 
which IPTV was supposed to do. You'd need a set-top box, et cetera, for IPTV. Mm-hmm. This is actually just a subscription service that uh, you'd be able to get if you... On demand? Or is it a, like a pay-per-view? Uh, it so, is. So it's at event time and and you've you've paid for it or you haven't. And if you have paid for it, then you can watch it Brett, at Brett, eight time. people in the world have NBN at the moment. There is no specific. All of Brunswick, all of all of, you can see me on Brad, the video podcast pointing there's, over there's to, to Brunswick, that, which which stops about two hundred meters mm-hmm. down the road from here. And eight people have taken it up. So the eight people in Brunswick have uh, because Brunswick thinks it's too good for the internet. The what well, it's, the it's actually more so that the ISPs don't have plans that that are competitive. Stop defending Brunswick. Let me get to the I'm story. Not defending Brunswick. I'm defending the NBN. The. Uh, <laughs> The yes, you're, you're an apologist for everyone. That's NBN what I'm saying. NBN is fantastic. You just, it's you fibre are, optic to are. the home. So the Australian Ballet, that's fine. Whatever. Lucy Battersby broke this story in Sydney Morning Herald in The Age mm-hmm. on Monday morning that the AFL are possibly in talks with NBN Co. Mm-hmm. to create their own media channel where they will show their own games on the internet via the NBN. Yep. Wow. Cutting out Telstra. Uh basically making all other live uh broadcast irrelevant pr- pretty much. As long as you're connected so somewhere how, to how the How will NBN. they make money? You'll have to subscribe directly to the AFL. Yes. And all that money just goes into their pocket. So Correct. is this how, like how MLB long's... having their rights? Uh yeah. It's it, it's it, it is similar, uh, although there is nothing Which exactly is major league baseball. Ah, sorry. yes, there, there is nothing exactly like this. Uh, but a, a great quote from uh, Bruce Meager from uh, Corporate Affairs at, at Foxtel, who uh, says, "Why would someone who is a sports body suddenly want to turn themselves into a media company? You would have to seriously question whether it is a smart move." Really? Yeah, really? that's, that's He's saying that. That's what he says. And then he's shitting himself. <laughs> well, as evidenced by the next uh, the, the next set. Sentence uh, that has been speculated on a lot. Nobody has actually done it anywhere in the world. There would be the, uh, there would be a very very difficult transition to get over in order to achieve that. Really? That's uh, that's there's a oh, bit. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so hard for him. Oh, mm. I, feel, uh, I feel for. They should just leave it to the professionals. Really, they should. Oh, this is this is the quote. This is the quote that I was looking for. We will absolutely look to exclusive sport deals where we can, and that is an area where we can use our size and creative abilities to create distinctive products. Mm-hmm. They're shitting themselves. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely. This is huge news for Australian television. If uh, if sports bodies start uh, start sending out their own signal, mm. start just multicasting their own games and having complete control over it, it is going to change the way Australian television works as a whole. How, how far off is this before they start uh, playing games on the internet? Well, at this stage, at this stage, nobody from the AFL has confirmed it. Mm-hmm. But whereas the, the NRL out and out denied it, mm-hmm. uh, the AFL have... Uh, offered no comment and have also tried to shut Obviously, down. Obviously, people in their homes will have to have the national broad to get this national broadband network, so and have to have. Out if you want to watch it on a television, you'll have to have a TV that can play the internet. So there's quite yeah, a lot of stuff. Or, or your computer that just connects by a simple HDMI cable. But 
the thing the thing is the uh so so they're saying it would be an a, a wholesale cost to the distributor of fifty dollars a year per person mm-hmm. so or per per household yeah so we don't know uh what the cost would be to the consumer it is all just speculation at this stage but there would be a it would be a subscription model mm. but you would be able to get everything that the the league would allow Mm. Game changer. Absolute game changer. And that is the Box Cutters News. Hi, this is Genevieve Lemon, and you are listening to Box Cutters, you lucky, lucky people. Hey, in the studio right now with us, we have Paul Verhoeven, who has just, and I mean just, like two weeks ago, finished doing a stint up in Sydney Mm. as, as the host of the new ABC3 Kids Game Show you're doing really Double well. Double Dare. Steampunks. Yes, it's called Steampunks. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was mental. Because most of the stuff I do is fairly adulty, so that was interesting. So so, so you you, you did it, because I, I remember you got the gig. Yeah. We were talking, because uh, uh, just, uh, I know uh, I know Paul uh, outside of... Uh, you know outside TV of Fox people. I, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's I totally so know TV. Impressive. It's I know. I know. Uh so we were talking just uh, just after you got the gig, yep. and uh, and you you were saying you didn't know what you were doing in the auditions. You, you had no idea. Oh yeah, what you were doing? Why do you think you got the gig? Uh, well, partly because <laughs> okay, I went into the uh, the audition place and I had a fairly straight reading ready. Uh, so I'd learned the lines, and I'm sitting in the next room. And basically, what you had to do was a monologue, and then you had to do a piece with um, two of these kids who had been there for every audition. So the magic was gone for them. Right, they're dead inside. Yeah, we're totally, like, they were just husks, like former husks of themselves. So I heard the guy in the adjacent room doing a read that was somewhat Jules Lundish. So mm-hmm. I just made a snap decision mm-hmm. to basically do a Matt Smith thing. So I bounded in there and was just big and British and weird. And um, the premise of the show is basically playing kind of like, Cerberus guarding the gates of hell because there's this subterranean labyrinth, this sentient machine, and she lures kids down, and I'm sitting there in front of this fireplace, welcoming them in, and the winners get to go home. And and I said to one of the kids, he's like, where do we, what happens if we lose? And I'm like, well, um, I've been here for several hundred years, and um, um, we liquefy the losers, and that sustains my youth. I take take you intravenously. And he's like, what's intravenously? I love that his question was not we're gonna die it was what's intravenously i guess if you're gonna be scared you need to know exactly where the fear is coming from uh so basically i kind of usher the kids through this series of challenges um and i decided to play it up and be kind of cutesy and weird and have a kind of us versus them um thing so the girls really liked me and i it's i improvise quite well but not because i'm particularly clever it's because it's a defense mechanism I've learned because I can't learn lines. Um, right. So what happened was I'm given these scripts for the show and something like 70% of the material I ended up just improvising. So about two-thirds of the way through the show, I called the um, a producer in. He's a friend of mine. And I basically said, oh, I had a testy pop. That's, that's, it's been a while. And I basically said to him, can I get like a partial writer's credit? Because I've kind of been <laughs> saying a lot of stuff that's been coming from my head. And he surprisingly just instantly went, yeah. Yeah, so now I've got this kids show that I'm hosting where I lure children down into this. It does sound a bit morally it, suspect. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. 
it's it's not sounding the cleanest of. Uh, of That's it's it's it reminds me it it reminds me of. Uh, F- Fagan in Oliver. Right. That's that's what it's sounding like to to me. Like uh, uh, just just this man who who lures unsuspecting children in and then gets them to to do his bidding. It's not my bidding though. Right. Yeah. Can I ask D- you yes, a question? Yes, Dave Lawson. You can ask a question. Remember when you uh, when you were hosting kids TV? Show? Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to have a moustache. Why were you allowed to have a moustache? Well, because I'm playing this Dickensian nitwit and I'm dressed in velvet jackets and fob watches and big steampunk goggles. So the curly moustache is actually one of the reasons, apparently, that I got hired. But one of the clinches is I want to get rid of this damn thing. And the PR guys from the ABC who are the nicest people I've ever worked with. Like, they came to set every day and were just basically embracing me and taking photos with me and talking me up and making me feel fantastic. But they said, um, you can't get rid of the moustache for PR purposes. And I said, for how long? And they said, uh, six months. Nah. Yeah. How long does it take you to grow it? Uh, six weeks. It's fairly hefty, though. Like, that's got layers. That's a layered moustache. The key to a good beard is to grow the moustache. Yeah. Grow the whole beard, shave it into a moustache, um, get rid of the beard and then let the beard come in. You need a because the beard is like a spine, right? So if you, the moustache is like a spine of a beard. So if you let the beard grow in around a pre-established moustache, you have this really defined look. Um, I've been talking about facial hair for two minutes on a show I, like uh, TV. So yeah, I can't. I, <laughs> so you, I, I'm not. I'm not allowed so, to grow a beard really? just uh, but by the because I look terrible with mm. one. Mm. Who's banned you? Uh, so you're not working with Disney or anything? No, 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 no. no so just because I, I, so I look terrible. You lure kids into your <laughs> underground lair. No, 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 you're no. You're a bloke with a moustache. Yeah, there's kind of a... Here's the deal. <laughs> what? Let's, let's, take What's wrong, of, Josh? This is, let's just let's get back uh, to basics here. Taking out of context. He, does, okay. he, he doesn't have a van. No. Uh, it's a lair. <laughs> He's got a lair. Let me let me let me backpedal and explain the premise a bit better. So back in ye olde Sherlock Holmesy days, there's a mad professor and he builds this robotic girl, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. But for some reason he's unhappy with her, and so he kicks her down this cavernous like hole. Why was he unhappy with her? Uh, I think she because she was not smart enough or something. They, that's mm. not really expounded upon. But I then don't what think you're allowed to say cavernous hole. I just did, but it's going to be relevant. Okay, 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 okay. Because that that failure that she um, enacted, she was kicked down like very Dante esque. She was like cast away into the depths, much like um, Super Ted was. Yep. So um, what happens is she expands and becomes sentient over the centuries, and then she brings kids down, like reenacting the 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 rejection she experienced, and oh. and makes them prove how smart they are. It's very symbolic. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. And, my, and so then the and the smartest ones get to leave. But I always, always, always lean in and do these little asides to the. Kids I'm just going to I'll break you out later and every episode I'm looking more and more weary and bedraggled because she finds out that I've been sneaking the losers out anyway so it's got this really not, like I'm kind of trying to protect the so kids so it's a story you've put a story into a game show it's a narrative game show but do you love her what's that Helsinki syndrome well I do oh I have <laughs> is been that what it's called is, well, it, is it Helsinki it's syndrome Helsinki. Stockholm syndrome Stockholm syndrome yeah. here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> do you have Stockholm syndrome well I'm not allowed to swear in the show right <laughs> yeah. so I yeah. start uh, Stockholm <laughs> is not a swear word <laughs> no no but I started using just words and phrases and names of people as swear words. So let's say the machine is unhappy with me. She will um, shoot... They've rigged these massive, beautiful pipes to spray me with like what looks like steam if I say something nasty. And instead of swearing, I will yell something like, Philip Seymour Hoffman! Or, or H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft! Or in one case, and I was very proud of this on a kid's show, Revisionist Westerns! <laughs> but one of the first ones I did was Stockholm Syndrome, and that made it in. But what happened was, they would... 
I would say the most outlandish crap because we shot 40 30 minute episodes over a month which is <sighs> brutal for a narrative show it's not like a cookie cutter show every episode's got a clear story arc and we ba- we reference back to earlier episodes and the season has an end point it's really elaborate but I said these things that wouldn't they're not they weren't offensive they were just weird and obscure and then I would I would preemptively yell cut and they'd be like why did you cut that so after a while I realised I could literally say anything I wanted and as long as the cameras were rolling it would just become part of my character so I bought a list of some of the things I said which will probably astound you a little bit given that it's a kids show and I want to see if you think these these sound a little bit out of place so uh, I had to talk to the kids and just fill a bit and I said do you guys think Bulbasaur is a good kisser that was a weird one. If you put a monocle on an apple, is it a tough apple? <laughs> and then I turned to the camera at one point in the middle of a piece and just said, if you're watching this, Andrew Lloyd Webber, stop it. Just stop it. I mean, even your mother wishes you would stop. Unless she's dead, in which case she probably died because you didn't stop it. So just stop it. I said, and, the, and the kids were laughing. And I'm like, do you know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is? And they're like, no. Which is proof that you don't need to talk down to kids and you don't need to dumb down references. If people like you, they will listen to the references and do the research, right? But what this does, yeah. and this is uh, when we were uh, speaking to Carolyn Parenti, who's the, the executive producer of uh, Sesame Street, and uh, we had a, a couple of the puppeteers from Sesame Street on as well. One, one of the great things about that show is it is filled with adult references mm. so that grown-ups can watch it with their children and enjoy it as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. We were discussing this, and I'm like, half the people watching these shows are parents who are forced to sit there and watch these shows. Mm -hmm. And you cannot Mm. imagine the amount of, like, the lack of enthusiasm that they will uh, transfer to the kid if they're not enjoying themselves. So I'm chucking in these references for the adults. And plus, kids aren't stupid. Like, I had kids riffing with me. Like, riffing on an adult level. Keeping up with all my jokes, being sarcastic, really in control of the way they looked and sounded on camera. Like, it was, frankly, it was exhilarating. And by the end of the uh, season, I think I dealt with 160 kids. Did you like them all? Uh, some of them, some of them were a bit flat, but literally that was it. Mm. Like they'd screened them really well, and some of them were like almost brought tears to my eyes. One of them on camera insisted that I tell them, uh, tell all the contestants what my favourite house in Hogwarts was, and then all four, all five of us ended up having this massive animated conversation, which we couldn't use about um, about the political uh, moors <laughs> in Hogwarts. And these kids are like eleven, and they have opinions about all the houses, and they're comparing them to like political parties, and they're um, naming their favourite like quotes from the books. And I'm keeping up with them because the fact is, I'm incredibly immature. Which is part of the reason I got the role. Do you, do you have to have a police check? Uh, no, I didn't. But I mean, I think the most contentious thing I've ever done was a bit of a, a bit of an outburst on Twitter, which was an ABC-related thing. So I have to say a big thank you to the people at ABC for giving me a chance with something as precious and wonderful as a kids' show. Mm-hmm. Like after, because I, I I can get a bit blue, um, and I've basically um, cut all swearing out of my Twitter feed, and I'm I'm really trying to keep things. Yeah, you you have to now. Well, out of, but partly, initially it was just like, oh, I guess I have to do it. But after doing the show, like, I love these kids and I, I want to respect them and I want to respect you said the crap, show. You said crap before. Yeah, I was allowed to say crap. Um, there's some you words... Did, I, you did? You heard it? I was allowed to say fart as well on the show. You are allowed to say crap. Well, I did, F- well, there is no other word for fart. I, I did Nickelodeon for five years. I mean, there's, there's and you can fl- say... Fletchweight. Fl- 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 you can say crap. Flatus. You can say crap, but I wasn't allowed to say God. Did you have to work with kids on on the Nickelodeon show? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's it was a kids ch- uh, I, station. I, I know it was a kids station, but I just thought it was two grown ups hosting like cartoons and stuff. For yeah, kids. yeah, but kids come in. Oh, okay. 
See, ours was like one of those afternoon shows. So I, James, we did it out of James's basement. That was the sort of whole idea. And I lived under the stairs. <laughs> Behind this, and we at, at like some, his mum's house. At his mum's house. How so dare you criticise me luring people into a subterranean <laughs> labyrinth? And you lived under the stairs like some friggin' hobo. In behind the behind the curtains, which were made of fur. Oh. So I lived in the fur curtains, <laughs> <laughs> which kids, you know, it's one of those things that you, you can have a little giggle about. As yeah. long, I think the thing is with with these jokes, you can, if, as long as you don't make too much, you just brush over them. You get the couple of parents who go, "Oh, did he just?" Did he? Is that what he's doing? Yeah, but it was—it was—it's great fun though. The kids, because they're honest, and and if they don't like it, they'll tell you straight away too. Yeah. There's not, there's, they're not going to be nice to you and say, "No, that's good. No, you're crap." They'll say that. A, a good kids game show will be remembered for a long, long, long time. When when I was growing up, there was a show called Razzle Dazzle. Uh, which I just loved. Mm. Uh, I, I think at the time Brett was on Channel O. Mm-hmm. You remember Channel O? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Predated Channel Ten. The oh yeah, young people. Uh, <laughs> before SBS the, was even around. The uh, yeah, there was a time before SBS. Mm. Well, I remember when SBS was called Channel Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but this is uh, Channel Ten used to be called Channel Channel O. What? Yeah. Uh, so Razzle Dazzle was on uh, in the afternoons and was kind of a, a little bit double dareish that you know kids had to perform tasks and would get points and then and then win. Uh, and then f- from that time on. Uh, until amazing, there wasn't a great Amaze. kids TV game show. There, yeah. there were lots of them. Double, but D, Double D, you're talking about Double D was good. Yeah, so. Double D was okay, but Amazing mm. was was just just amazing. At, 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 did you ever watch Amazing? It was about Amaze, wasn't it? Was it yeah, amazing? Yeah. So, so there was it was a mixture of video games. So you had to play video games to win a, a challenge. Is that Michael and Pope or James Sherry or James, James Sherry? James Sherry. Uh, and uh, and and then. Uh, winners would get to go into a, a maze and try to uh, solve the maze and get as many things th- from that that defined little things within the maze and then uh, get out of the maze and it pop them keys. into a basket. Keys. Yes. Yeah. Here's what I hate about those these kids shows: when you win stuff for your school, they, people don't win stuff for their oh. school, and yours do they? they no. Do. no. It's like now, why, why now am I here? Now you see it. Why am I here? We don't have prizes. Got, yeah. There's no prizes in steampunks because <laughs> oh, it's, it's a narrative <laughs> show. You get to go home. You That's get a prize. So good on. You get to see like, your parents. Again. Yeah, right. But you know, when you'd win like a comp- not a computer, but you'd win a whole well, lot of stationery for your school. Yeah, it's now, like, what am I here for? Well, now you see it was was like that. Uh, do, do you remember that 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 show? Is that uh, line was, one, position four. Yep. 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 And uh, do, do, do you remember this? this no, this I do remember so, shows with kids in uniform looking really miserable and mm. winning. You know, like a set and, of erasers. Yeah. Oh, you could, yeah. You could win a Commodore Vic twenty for your school. Yeah, they were good back in the day. Mm. That was my first computer. Still, one computer for the school, and you get to go home with a picture of a donkey. It's not even a real picture of so, a donkey. We just show you a photo. So this one, this, this, this kid show, I think this, this one is going to be great, because this is, uh, this is made mm. by um, the people who made, brought us Spicks and Specs. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And, I mean, the, like, um, the producer and creator, Anthony Watt, basically, I mean, we sat down and we kind of re... We, we created this really distinct character and a really distinct show and it's I mean it feels like a dream job I mean mm. I'm there on set and can I tell you something I'm not going to name the kid and I'm not going to uh, read into this much but this this amazing amazing smart ass of a kid was just an absolute pleasure to work with and one of the games in the show involves you um, putting uh, a, like, a, like an object into uh, a pipe 
right? I'm not going to elaborate because I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't think I'm allowed to. But basically, I'm yelling at them how to play the game. Like, yeah, just you just shove it in, and then the kid's like, oh, I shove it in, do I? And I'm like, yeah, you, you shove it in. And he's like, oh. So do you want me to shove it in like really hard? And I went, oh my god! And I went, <laughs> and there's a point where my face became this like tapestry of conflicting emotions because I can't laugh, and I I don't even know if he means what I think he means. And then everyone laughed, and the crew laughed, and the kids were all laughing, and I honestly think it was just me um, because I've been working with such smart kids, like assuming that the kid meant something that kind of clever and, and underhanded because like man it was just a master class in how awesome kids are yeah you know the, the, but the awkwardness of, of of a situation like that uh do, I, I couldn't say organism once so i said organism and all the kids <laughs> are laughing and i'm like if i laugh I'm, I'm i'm further backing up what they might or might not be laughing about so then the crew are laughing and then the kids keep laughing longer than me and then i tried to say it again on camera and i screwed it up again and it kind of became this polite, churchy environment whenever something got dropped where we all just kind of went, <laughs> oh, adult things, let's not deal with those right now. Um, so, I mean, it, it never really got awkward or weird. It was the most overwhelmingly positive experience. And is this your first foray into uh, children's television? Yeah. Or? I mean, I've always liked children's mm. television. I mean, like, I was a huge fan of Amazing. In fact, my friends are now referring to me as, and this is really getting ahead of themselves, the new James Sherry, which is... <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he's, is he the voice of the MCG? Yes. Yeah, it used to be Stig Weymouth, and mm. now, uh, now it's James Sherry. Yeah, and he also does Powerball readings. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I could be doing that. You could be there now. So, Paul, when... Uh, uh, two questions. Mm. Do you still watch uh, children's programming? Define children's programming. Uh, things that are now on ABC3, uh, shows, shows like uh, Amazing, uh, C, C, C-rated... Prank uh, Patrol? No. Prank Patrol's on ABC3. You should watch that. Well, I mean, I think, I think partly what gave us an advantage was me being so divorced from children's television and treating it like a regular show. The mm-hmm. only thing I didn't do, I swear, I did, my, I did all my regular material because I write stand-up and I write comedy and um, I write sketch comedy and I do improv. And I, I did exactly what I'd be doing normally. I just did it for a smaller audience literally and figuratively and i just i took the swears out so it's not dumbed down it's not like i if i i feel like if if i've been watching kids tv it almost would have polluted that i would have um i would have been using things that i thought were appropriate i would have been Mm -hmm. imitating and mimicking you know um so i didn't I, i think i deliberately didn't also catastrophically lazy person so when the time came for me to watch kids tv as research i i think i came up with that theory as an excuse to just play computer games. The uh, the last last question I have for you, Paul Verhoeven, is uh, what uh, when when ah. is uh, is yeah. when's it, when's steampunk's going to appear? Uh, well, it'll be on ABC Three apparently October or November. Um, mm-hmm. We're not sure exactly when yet. They are f- currently editing um, at the moment. Uh, I have seen one of the episodes, um, fully edited. All the music's put in. Mm. Man, it's. It's. I don't want to blow my own horn, but it's really good. <laughs> it's really. It's a really good show. It's, it sounds really exciting. Like you, you didn't tell me anything. I just knew it was a, a kids' game show. This sounds yep. a lot more fun well, than I a kids' game show. I wasn't actually allowed to tell people that it was even a kids' show. Um, um, and so I. You didn't tell me beforehand. You didn't. No, no. I told you. I couldn't tell you what it was about or what it was called. But I right. could tell you that it was kids' TV. Right. There's all these weird kind of rules and stuff because people don't want to spoil it. But it's genuinely a project that I would be willing to tell my adult friends to watch. Yeah. Which, because I've done things that I'm ashamed of uh, what? professionally. What? Professionally. 
I've, I can't. I can't say on this show. Or, or no, I've done some, I've done some projects where I'm like, I just, I just quietly don't. You know, I've like narrated some documentary series and stuff that were absolutely awful, and I've not told anyone about it. Whereas mm. this, I'm going to be blaring from the rooftops that everyone should watch this show. Uh, but yeah, October or November on ABC Three. It, it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm nice. watching that. Okay. Okay. Paul Verhoeven, thank you so much for joining us on on Box Cutters. Where can people hear you? Uh, well, um, I, I do uh, the nerd show with Tom and Alex um, generally every Tuesday on Triple J uh, in the morning, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you if you really think you got the stomach for it at Paul Verhoeven, and uh, otherwise I just kind of walk around and yell. Are you one of those that follows follows the as much as I want. Got the sly look. Sly look. Sly look. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Uh, Paul Verhoeven. I thought, he'd, I thought he'd have an American accent. You know? Being a film director. I was so nervous around him that I just didn't even want to bring up. Are you the that's, film director from Total Recall? And that's, I'm telling you, it's a di- different... It's a different Paul Verhoeven. I, th- I think it's different. I think there can be two. He looks so young for someone who's directed all those movies. The I yeah, I I kind of guessed when he wouldn't when he wouldn't put me in touch with Sharon Stone. Uh, Brett Cropley, what don't you buy? <clears throat> I don't buy uh, the current Crown ads. Oh. Crown Crown, casi- crown, like crown, crown Casino, casino. and Entertainment yeah. Complex. Yeah, good one, yes. good one. Yes. All right, um, which we've seen a lot of uh, over over the Olympics, and and it does continue. Uh, I take my copy from. How's that? The Kerry Packer story. Welcome to Crown. We open our doors to 25 million visitors every year, making Crown's Melbourne and Perth resorts among our country's most visited tourist destinations. We contribute over $2 billion a year to the Australian economy. And when you're the best, you attract the best. Over 14,400 people who come to work with us. And we train them to be even better in our $10 million training facility. Welcome to Crown. So, so there. I want to guess two two things. One is that you don't buy how they got that horse to stand so still. Yes, yes, that. And two is that how he walks from inside to outside without going through a door. It's it's not that okay because that 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 freaks me out. Whenever I've been to Crown, no one has been that polite when they let you in the front door. Never. Not (laughs) no, not no, no, mate. What what is it? Mm. Yeah, Mm. Mm. Yeah, I do. You're right. First time, first time I ever went to Crown uh, and and sat down at a, a at a poker table, and I thought, well, this is a casino. It's supposed to have a certain, you know, my whole uh, expectation of casinos came from James Bond films, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and I see it was so you know I was I was, I was dressed nicely, I was, uh, and I see people wearing shorts and thongs. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not playing poker here. Is that what you don't buy? No. Okay, so tell what me, tell me buy? about, tell me about the ad because there is so much to not buy about that ad. I really wonder about the entire campaign. Like, it's not saying come and stay at our hotel. It's not saying come and bet at our at our casino. It's not saying come and eat at our restaurants. It's it's not really selling anything. It's really kind of it. It seems to be trying to get people in the mindset to be pro-crown. It is, it is a campaign to encourage people to work at Crown. 
So to work at Crown, to work at Crown which is why they talk about the traineeships. It's why they talk about the facilities. Uh, it's why they talk about how important Crown is to uh, to to a city. It is saying this is a prestigious place to work, and if you work here. When you leave here, you will be a much better person for having been here. But as a customer, it's also suggesting that they've got new rooms. It's all been upgraded. And if you haven't been here for a while, it might be worth coming and checking it out. Is it old enough to be a bit crap already? Crown? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? When was yeah. it open? 90, 1997. 97. Was it? I believe. Right, okay. Yeah. Because they had they... the temporary casino on the other side of the river. That's right. And then they, the night they opened it, with the big flames, they torched a whole lot of pigeons Correct. going through. The that was intentional. <laughs> it's that kind of place. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why they have all the restaurants on that side. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to torch some pigeons. And they're, actually, them. they're actually pheasants <laughs> and quail. The, uh, it, it seems to be full of... Like all the figures that they, that they go through, I'm not sure they don't double count $2 billion. Um, it it seems really full of weasel words. I haven't actually looked into the figures that they go into there. There's there's that weird kind of ADR bit where where they've put in in post uh, the number of jobs that they've uh, brought in. Um, so I, I guess that that something changed there in between shooting it and and uh, actually broadcasting it. Um, but uh, like just. I, I feel really manipulated with with this campaign um, because of the weasel words that I suspect we're getting drilled into by. So you're you're suspicious of a <laughs> of a casino company. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and also that you know they they're not just talking about about Crown on on the south bank of the river here in Melbourne they uh they they say Melbourne and, and Perth. Perth and then at the and end they say London Macau and London in mm. there as well this it's it's about building the brand this this uh series of, of ads and the uh that that makes sense there is a there is a very important part that that plays to improve the the cachet of the brand in society uh I think one of the problems that Crown has is exactly what you said, Dave, which is where uh, they uh, they are seen as a, a place for uh, for people who are unwanted mm. who end up in there, uh, and and they're trying to you know have the very worst of them stay out, but mostly. It just it, it is it is not a prestigious place to go. It's interesting that we're in the middle of a court case where uh, where the security for the casino have, uh, have been charged with manslaughter and over uh, pressure holds that they they implement with people that they're trying to control in there. And this is not the the first incident uh, with uh, security in Crown. There's always been problems. They have uh, a reputation problem. And by showing how important they are to the economy, how important they are to jobs, how important they are to communities that are they, they are really, inside are of. Are they really, Josh? That's what they're trying are to show. They? Oh, yeah. That's absolutely what that's they what want I'm us saying. to think. Yeah. No, that's advertising. <laughs> well, you, now, now you're going to be upset because ad- advertising bends the truth no, a little no, bit. No, 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 no. I'm no, more concerned no. about the guy who is inside and then ends up opening the door to the inside without ever having gone outside. What that is saying to me is that Crown, as a building... What evil magic is this? ...just messes with the natural laws of physics. 
and therefore it is a place that should not be messed with. Should be banned? Art shouldn't be messed with. Just shouldn't, shouldn't be, just don't go there. Don't buy it. Have a letter from you. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Dave, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, Boxcutters blog at boxcutters.net. Did yeah. you know we've got a website? Did you know we do what we have a podcast? Anyway, so, now. so we got a podcast. We do a podcast. <laughs> so this goes. This, hang on, this goes out. Some can people actually listen to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just us. You just thought, you just thought this was how I liked to hang out. <laughs> That's what I thought. You just we talk about television. Like I like that. I like mm. doing that. And I like hanging out with you. Mm. Yeah, great. Uh, so so that's. But this is also. I just. I think it's probably important that you know that this is recorded and other people can hear what you say. Mm. I wouldn't wouldn't have minded getting a heads up. I thought the microphones were a giveaway. <laughs> the the headphones. The be here at a specific time. That that kind of the running order. But you know, it's now you know. So, uh, in uh, episode 315, uh, John Richards looked at some union advertising from the US in the 1970s, and uh, on the blog, in a comment, this is what Sophie had to say. I think John Tells Us All About Labour History should become a new segment. I haven't grinned so hard in a long time. This whole episode was awesome. One day, someone will make a science fiction show about unionisation and social justice, and the Venn diagram of this episode will be a perfect single circle. Meanwhile, our newsroom episode continues to cause controversy. Andrew Boxcutter wrote on the blog, Congrats on the awesome production job. This episode rocks. Loved the roundtable discussion. It worked really well. Joshua's right. The newsroom brings out passion in people. And I heard that on this episode. I'm off to buy a plane ticket. Can't wait to see this for myself. But Tom Hawkins asserts... Ah, the irony. You assert that Sorkin is a bad writer making bad television when you can't even master a fucking podcast correctly. I agree with Conrad. And Fred made it personal, going after Glenn Peters. As for this claim that a good advertising slogan, like the fish John West rejects, is better than a good speech, that is bogus nonsense as well. Advertising is delightful for 30 seconds of TV copy, but it's not television, and the moment we think they're the same thing. That's the moment we're looking at a big barrel of bullshit. If you'd like to comment on this or any of our shows, you can go to the comments section at boxcutters.net or send us an email to hooray at boxcutters.net If you watch one Brett, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? I've done the first half of it. I, it is a two-parter, isn't it? Uh, how's that? Oh, I was going to say the Kerry, oh. the Kerry Packer story See is on uh, Sunday were. night on on Channel Nine at eight thirty p.m. Eight thirty p.m. That's what I'm going to watch. Well, can't I join in on his? Yeah, you can. That's you can. what I wanted to Have watch. Have you seen it already? I haven't seen. Did I haven't seen, seen. No, I haven't seen any of it till. Uh, Did you watch it last night? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, oh, can, yeah. you can watch yourself on screen. You got no problems. Um, so. Because when you did that that excellent footy show on Channel 7, uh, that was going out live, wasn't it? So you couldn't... No. Just to watch tapes of that? Yeah, yeah. And and just one single tear comes out. What could have been? 
What were that's they? Still, Channel what were 7's, they? That's, that's still coming back. That's still coming back later on in the year. What are they? It's, yeah, it's on hiatus. Yeah, on hiatus. It's still, still going to come back. Why did they make Arch Barker do that? Oh, stand up. What was it? Make someone laugh? Crack the yes, coach? Crack yeah, the coach yeah, crack the like coach. Yeah. Um, no. Um, uh, yeah, so how's yeah. that? So you watched it. You, you watched it last... Yes. Uh, on Sunday night. Um, yeah, no, I don't know if I can watch it. I can watch it, but then as soon as I was on, I was a bit bit weird and couldn't tell if I liked it anymore. Right. Because you look... You're like, oh, yeah. I, I might have ruined that for everyone. What, what's Dennis Lilly doing there? <laughs> I need a haircut. That looks stupid. <laughs> you and Adam were very yeah. fun in there. You were, you were the fun point. But yeah. Yeah. If I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be Futurama on Eleven. Really? Yeah, it's it's new episodes of Futurama oh, that, that okay. they've got. Uh, uh, kind of. So fresh. these are episodes after the the films that they then chopped up. Correct. This is uh, these episodes that aired you know two or three weeks ago on uh, on Comedy Central in the US. So they're they're pretty up to date. Eight oh five p.m. Wednesday nights on Eleven. You know what else you could watch? If you've got the internet connection, what? you could watch my shed show. <gasps> you could watch Dave's shed show. Just pretend it's a TV show. If you go to boxcutters.net slash episode 316, you'll be able to see it there. I really appreciate you putting that up there for me. I haven't done it yet. I will, though, mm. when the episode goes up. Because that happens in the future. I'll explain it to you off air. It's, it's fine. Watch it first, then decide. <laughs> hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Before I forget, uh, John Richards and I will be talking at Acme on August the 30th uh, at, uh, I believe, 7pm. It's only 10 days away from this oh, point in time. Yeah. 10 days. It's so short. Uh, we're we're going to be uh, do, doing a whole show on when TV goes wrong. Have you got a show yet? Yeah, we've we've got we've got a whole show. When TV goes wrong, so it's bad TV. No, it's not. It's it's not bad TV. It's when TV starts it's when, out. It's when the Labrador pisses on the set. Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly, ah. but not for live TV. When uh-huh. the metaphorical Labrador pisses on the uh, metaphoricals. It's like when John Ritter died on uh, on Eight Simple Rules. Okay. Uh, and and then they had to struggle to to you know how how they get all of that back together. Uh, Coach died on... So, so we've got a whole thing on, on people dying. Uh, we've got a, a whole lot on shows that just go completely off the rails, like Chances did, or strangely stay on the rails, like uh, Super Train did. See, that was a rails reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just, just when things go absolutely kablooey in terms of... Uh, of uh, continuity, etc. Mm. This is what it, oh, when things go kablooey in terms of continuity, etc. is a much catchier title. Anyway, August the thirtieth at Acme. Hard to fit it on the ticket. It is when it things is, go kablooey. It would just go when when things go ellipsis. Ca- ca- ellipsis. Ca- ellipsis. <laughs> oh, that's my favourite icy poll. The uh, August thirty at Acme. You can buy tickets. It is easiest to find out how to buy tickets by going to the Boxcutters website, boxcutters.net. And down- Acme website would be really no, it's it? not. What? That's all I'm allowed to say. Uh, bottom right hand corner of the Boxcutters website, there's a there's a link. You can it says live. I'll take it straight wrong. there. TV goes wrong. Uh, so yeah, uh, go go and look at that. Dave's shed show. Watch it if you haven't seen the previous episode. Look out for someone in the audience. Can I can I say this? Oh, yeah, sure. Special there's, someone. Special someone in the audience. There is a uh, certain special lady Cropley. friend. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Cropley. Oh. 
There's a Cropley in the audience. A Cropley in the audience? Yes. And if you can spot where he is, do you win a prize? You guys could give a prize. Yeah, we got no Do you prize. have anything? Maybe you, we, could, you must have a leftover crumpler bag or something we, lying we around. Do, we, do, we do have a leftover crumpler bag, but how, how are people... They'll have to send us a screenshot. And of Cropley. Of Cropley. <laughs> in, the, in the shed show. First person... Okay, all right, all right, let's do this. The first person <laughs> to take a screenshot of Dave's shed show with Cropley in the audience, the easiest way to do this is if you use a, a product called Skitch. It is free. It's pretty good. Uh, you can actually just take a screenshot... And circle Brett in the audience. Right. First person, <laughs> first person to do that. First person in Australia to do that. I'm not spending forty bucks on mailing this for a dumb joke thing. <laughs> first person to do that and send it into hooray at boxcutters.net will win a crumpler bag. That is, this is a great competition. This is, this, this, is what, ca- this just happened now. This wasn't thought of before. This not is not cross promotion. This is not cross promotion. No, this, this is just sort of thing. And that's a great first a great first, prize. Person, first person to do that will win a, a crumpler bag. And there's pro- there's probably about what 20 30 people in the audience, so I and mm-hmm. your ma- mm-hmm. he's a male. So Now now let, let me just say if I find it first, I get the bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I don't have time to do stuff like that. So Really, really. I, this, is, this is now a real competition. I still yeah, feel awkward it. seeing myself on screen. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, feel yeah. awkward. He was I, acting. He's, he was watching himself. You, you're just you're just in the audience. What about all those times you were front row for Josie Pirelli's show? Well, that, that, you know, you've, you've seen me There's in a couple that of clip. heckles. You've thrown in a couple of heckles yep. into the show, too. Yep. So maybe yep. if you can hear a, hear a cropply heckle. Uh, no, how are you going to circle that? How are you going to screenshot a heckle and circle it? Yeah. Uh, send work. the transcripts. <laughs> so type it out. Is type out the whole transcript of the show. Brett, we we were talking about something else, and we were going to bring it up. I was listening talked. to the newsroom uh, episode of yeah. Boxcutters, yeah. and and um, it was it was quite interesting how how much I wanted to jump in at certain times because you you, uh, you did. To, right? like, remember, to, you, were, you were in the show. You, you were. I was there. in the you, show. You yes. say you say quite a lot. In that uh, in, in that episode, you do actually jump in. There, I, there's times when you I, know, did you my, want to say my other words stuff? carried a great weight. <laughs> you, you, there was other stuff you wanted to say. Is it what? Uh, just uh, like I was, I was here at the time when Glenn Peters was talking about uh, about uh, great advertising slogans and and you know the fish that John West reject being being amazing in in four words. I think he counted them off as and and saying that you know Sorkin's speeches should be written like that. They should be a lot more punchy like that. And and I very much. Uh, I, I don't think he was saying they should be punchy like that. I think he was saying that they should be. Uh, they should say more or they should say more with less mm, that's mm. that's that's what he was saying and uh and i was I, wondering if what he i'm saying sorkin's shows to be all written in advertising you, no that's clearly not what he's saying uh, li- listen to it again uh, i urge you to listen to it again i urge fred to listen to it again but fred hates glenn so much that uh oh, this is a personal thing it seemed is, it. Is there a history did you did you read the did you read the, the comment i read it out that bit. You haven't read the whole comment? No. Oh, go. You, could, you need to go to the blog and read the whole comment. We've got a blog, Dave? First I've heard about it. If you go to boxcutters.net, you will find all of this information. Boxcutters.net. It's with, a website. With interaction with uh, with listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you You've can got a that. website? <laughs> that brings us to the end of Boxcutters episode 316. I want to say thanks very much to Paul Verhoeven. Get him back in. Uh, we've got that thing for him to read. Oh. Oh, all right, all right. Yep. Uh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. 
Dave Lawson, lovely surprise being here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Don't forget, if you subscribe to 3RRR by calling 0393881027 or going online to rrr.org.au during the Radiothon, you could not only win great prizes and help support RRR and box cutters vicariously, but also be as cool as this guy. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.